Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536. That's the doors with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It uh, It is going to be uh, for your forecast today. I'll tell you right now, rainy. Rainy all day and tomorrow. Highest 60 for both days. 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, but what a show today. What a show today. Yeah, I know. I know. We got our work cut out for us. It's true every day, actually. But you know what? Today's going to be fantastic. Not when Cohen's here. Well, we don't have to do any work. He just it runs does, the whole show by himself. It does take a little bit of weight off our shoulders. You know, anyway. it also is halfway to ranch dressing day. So, you know, you can always go back to that. <laughs> the hell it is. <laughs> All right. It's 537 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. New England Patriots. 553 and Motley Crue with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, rain shower is going to start moving in uh, throughout the area today. A high of 55. More of the same for tomorrow. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply <laughs> systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, I might as well make things dark this morning, because why not, right? Sure. Uh, Do you ever watch the Great British Baking Show? The old uh, lady? Yes, I have. Pru- Prue Leith is her name, right? Right. She seems like a really sweet old lady, but she has a very dark secret, which she reveals in her new autobiography. She once Which, drowned a bag of kittens. Why? She was only 11 years old at the time, and the kittens had literally just been born. Prue says, quote, Too many kittens was a frequent occurrence, and there had come a day when my mother, unable to find homes for yet another litter, decided to drown the last batch. So wait a minute. Her mom did it, or she did it? Her mom told her to do it. Prue's mom uh, tried to soften the blow by saying, quote, Darling, it has to be done. They're only a few hours old. This w- They will hardly know it's happening. Uh, oh. Prue says the kittens, quote, fought like the devil for life, but she added, I held the bag underwater until the last kitten stopped meowing. And then she got a bike. Yes. What a horrible, horrible childhood. <laughs> a terrible... Terrible memory to carry with you. She's how old? 80s? 90s? She's uh, in her 80s now. Jeez. So why would she admit something so horrific? She says, quote, this happened in the early 1940s when I was 11 years old, uh, being brought up on a farm in South Africa. Uh, I wrote about it honestly in my book. As an 11-year-old, it was an extremely traumatic experience and not one I would forget. However, it is what happened 70 years ago. This is the kind of thing that makes a child resent their parents until the very day they die. Yeah. How do you bake a cake after that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know I mean? Do, like, do, you, do you drown a bag of cats and then bake a pie? Well, you just unloaded uh, one of the most traumatic experiences anybody could go through, and then, you're, then you want to have a cooking show? Uh, you kind of brought the mood down. Well, I mean, you're, you're kind of jumping from, like, point A to point Z yeah. here without, you know, everything from, like, B to Y. Right. Uh, Edie Falco understands why Pete Davidson is so popular with the ladies. She's playing his mother on the upcoming Peacock series, Bupkis. Uh, so she got to know him really well. Edie said, you fall in love with him the second you meet him because he's so lovable and genuine. Okay. going to take a word for it. Uh, there's something uh, so endearingly vulnerable about there about him. He doesn't play games. He doesn't try to keep up an image beyond what he cops to. All right. Well, All good right. for him. Take our word for it. 
Uh, Colin Hanks revealed the type of grandparents Tom Hanks and Rita Wil- uh, Wilson are. He has uh, two daughters, ages 11 and 9, during yesterday's Today with Hoda and Jenna. He said, quote, they're okay. It would be great if they paid attention to the kids' bedtime and, you know, uh, actually cooked food that the kids will eat. No, 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 they're great. Ooh, throwing a little shade towards your parents. It huh? sounds a little hostile. They give him too much sugar. The, the only thing that's missing, uh, they need, like, good, ugly sweater vests. If they both had those and some glasses and complained about the temperature, I think we'd be okay. This kind of sounds like uh, Colin is kind of the bad parent and the uh, grandparents are just being loving grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's what they're supposed to be. Like, you're, you're, like, you're too strict, are, too restrictive. Are you using the children as daycare uh, providers? Because if you are, then you can complain about the sugar content. But that's what grandma and grandpa are all about. Sugar and toys. And I'll have you know, children thrive in that stuff. Uh, speaking of parenting, Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. are pretty strict about not letting their kids use social media. She compared uh, giving them their own accounts to letting them get Paw Patrol face tattoos when they were five. Yeah, you don't want to see uh, mom in any kind of weird position uh, like she was in that uh, that movie with uh, uh, Cruel Intentions. Oh, I never saw it. Oh, man. Really? Is it she, worth seeing? She gets down and dirty with that other guy. I've always found her intriguing. Sarah Michelle Gellar? I don't know why. Yeah, but... Uh, I don't know. I There was something weird about her. All the more reason to like her. Yeah. Sources say Coolio suffered from severe asthma, and it may have contributed to his death. There's still no official word on the cause. Coolio died at a friend's home last Wednesday. He was only 59. The family is saying it's a it's a heart attack. Yeah. Not, a, not an overdose, but a heart attack. But that's the family. They're not medical professionals. That's true, too. After Lizzo played a flute that belonged to our fourth president, James Madison, she now has an open invitation to visit his estate in Virginia, and they suggested uh, she could even perform there with that flute. No kidding. She did this. uh, Everybody was up in arms about this thing. She played this flute. It was James Madison's flute that survived some fire in the White House. Mm -hmm. So she plays it on stage for the very first time since, you know, whenever, and uh, people are all upset because she was twerking with it. I, who cares? If I'm not mistaken, uh, James Madison's wife, yeah, Dolly Madison, yeah, invented the twerk. I believe she did. Yeah, I'm totally making that up, but I'm just trying no, to I soften the right. blow of the story. I, th- I think you're right about that. That's right. Uh, but I, it's what made her so popular. You know, I mean, if uh, people are paying attention to Lizzo because she's playing the flute, can we just give her every instrument and bring back music education in this country? That's not the reason I think people like Lizzo, <clears throat> is I, the flute. Yeah, but I, like now it's popular. Oh, oh, oh Everybody's going everybody's to want to go play the flute now. No one's going to go want to play the flute. I guarantee you that she started some trend that everybody's going to want to start playing the flute. I want to play the flute just looking at her. See, the flute is like one of those instruments that really has a very narrow window of opportunity. Not every song is benefited by the use of a flute. Uh, we'll tell that to, uh, uh, what's the one we play? Oh, uh, Ian Anderson? Ian Anderson. From Jethro Tull. Yeah, I'll tell him right. right to his face. I don't know if you will or not. I will. will you? you put him in this room right now and say, hey, you know what? I'm not crazy about the flute. Hey, by the way, Kim Kardashian has been charged by the SEC, uh, for hawking cryptocurrency without telling anybody that she was hawking cryptocurrency. Really? Yeah. She, uh, agrees to pay a $1.3 million fine. Well, oh, my God. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, 
She must have had something to say. She said, oh my god, the last time I hawked crypto was when Ray J gave me the bank shot on my pig snoggle and that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. Wow. And, uh, Caitlin? Whatever, got that down and dirty with your mother Chris Kim, but I once stemmed the chocolate rose. <laughs> I raw-dogged the gas box. Oh my gosh. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I browned the beef like an overdone roller sausage at Cumbies. <laughs> You know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly what you're talking about. And uh, Kanye? I'm still not allowed anywhere near the house. Hey, Cam, throw down my Yeezy shirt. I want that Yeezy. No, that one. No, that. <laughs> Bitch, I told you. I'm coming to get my clothes this weekend. Sure, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> Such an injustice. Not your Hollywood T-Rash, Rock 102. Ah. Villa Napolitano's annual Harvest Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, being a head coach in college football is not exactly what you would call stable employment. Far from it. One minute you're being introduced in a fancy press conference, the next minute you're being escorted off campus with a cardboard box full of disappointment and unfulfilled promises. But these days, you're also escorted out of the building with something else. A very large check, the size of which can be befuddling. On Sundays, reported that the University of Wisconsin had fired their head football coach, Paul Christ, who had been coaching there since 2015 and brought the Badgers to seven bowl appearances, losing only one of them, and even that was years ago. Nevertheless, they fired the guy on Sunday despite the fact that he had $20 million remaining on his contract. Yesterday, it was reported they had reached a settlement where they would buy out the remainder of his contract for $11 million. Now. While that's slightly less than the $11.37 million that Georgia Tech paid for their former head coach Jeff Collins to buy out his contract, it's a far cry from what the University of Nebraska paid to get rid of former head coach Scott Frost when they bought him out for $15 million. Want to know why you're paying too much to send your kid to college? Well, this might have something to do with it. But what if your kid isn't going to a Division I football school? Well, thanks to contracts like these, this is now what the market will bear. Granted, there are other reasons why colleges are jacking you for cash, too, but if I'm sending my non-residential kid to the University of Wisconsin for an education at $55,000 a year, then the last thing I want to hear about is that I'll be paying at least a portion of that $11 million buyout. I may have to remortgage my house or borrow more money from a predatory lending institution, but I'm sure that's a small price to pay, knowing that it might help the football team in their Big Ten standings. I know I'd certainly be relieved. But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You paint your house this year, but what's it going to look like in 10 years? Benjamin Moore paint withstands the sun and wind and rain and snow without losing its color, vibrancy, or texture. Go for a long-lasting, high-quality paint. Get Benjamin Moore paint at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 613. And ACDC with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 55. Tomorrow, more of the same. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I, uh. Oh, no, no, no I, got, I got nothing. Well, do you want to talk? No. I'll talk. No, you go ahead. You got something. You, you lay it out there. Well, usually we, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was so used to doing rehearsals before we went on that I wasn't really sure. <laughs> What was how this works now? Yeah, baby steps, Steve. It's the only way we're going to get through this. Uh, I was telling you off the air, uh, and I forgot to mention this yesterday. Over the weekend, uh, we went out to uh, Santiago's in Westfield. Yeah. Oh my God, was that food good? 
Santiago. Yeah, it's like authentic Latino food. You get to fry. I had a fried pork chop with mm. some beans and rice. Man, I do love pork. And then uh, fried pork chop with some beans and rice. And then uh, and then my girlfriend had she had like a like pernil kind of thing <sighs> with the uh, with the rice and beans. Is well. there anything better than than that? Really? No, but you know what? This place I hadn't been in this place in probably twelve years or so. And I remember it being really good the last time, and I don't know why I hadn't gone back. I think maybe it's just because it's one of those places that's always busy. Like, it's always busy. Right. Like, And if you want to go and eat there, you probably should order the food to take out because it's hard to get a seat inside the place. It's a, it's a little tiny little, uh, little place, but, uh, man, like, there's something about that authentic food. Yeah, like, I know. Um, People don't realize that... Um that uh, like Taco Bell mm-hmm. or Chi-Chi's yeah is not real stuff. No. You know it's that that's not what that's not what that cuisine was really all about. No. Ever. But man, I'm looking at the pictures, I'm looking, oh my god, look at look at them. Look at that rice and beans. Oh yeah. my god, I love that. I had uh plan- plantains. They were like candied plantains. They were mm-hmm. uh, really really good. Oh yeah. Because he asked, he, there was two different ways that we could have gotten them. One was like, he said fried and something, but I didn't really catch what he said. And then the other one was soft and sweet or whatever. So we got the soft and sweet ones, and it was like it was almost like little, right. like, uh, like soft apples. So almost. he could have said anything. He could have said, "We're gonna we're gonna dip this in motor oil." Yeah, it, it still and you tasted, wouldn't have known. Well, it still would have tasted good. I'm sure. sure. Um, but yeah, I really like that like authentic style food, and the fried pork chop was out of this world. You get those. Um, Oh God, I love these things. There's uh those uh those rice balls with the meat inside. Oh, they had potato balls. With potato, them. Ba- yeah, that's yeah. what. It, yeah, that's what it is. It's potatoes. Yeah, it's potatoes with the meat inside, mm-hmm. and it's deep fried. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah, that's uh that was one of the uh, the good appetizers they had too. And you know, I never get. I honestly, I I unless there's some sort of radio station reason to go. Yeah. I almost never get out to Westfield anymore. Why not? I used to live in Westfield, but now it's like eh, those days seem to be kind of um, Westfield has so much to offer. I know it does. And yeah. that's uh, and that's just the thing. I think when you live <clears throat> You know there's I mean we always talk about the difference between like Eastern Mass yeah. and Western Mass. I think there's a big difference between those who live on one side of the river from those who live on the other side of the river. And so sometimes just the idea of even crossing the river yeah, it's just like it's like too much bother. Oh, uh, there's just too much. It's like uh, well, it's, that's how like 22 feels when there's a story going on in Enfield. Oh no, we're gonna have to call New Haven for this one, <laughs> even though yeah, even though we're get, closer to Enfield than New Haven. Get is. those folks up from New Haven. Uh, that's a big job to go across that border for two miles. I mean, what? I mean, what, like from Hamden to Westfield, what is that? Like 40 minutes, 45 minutes, yeah, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 30 yeah, minutes. on a busy day. Yeah, and yet. Psychologically speaking, I, I almost never make it out there anymore. Well, you which should. is ridiculous. Well, you should. There's uh, there's tons to offer. I know there is. Hey, we got uh, we got people uh, cutting wires on gas pumps. We got I drunk know. drivers hitting cops, and uh, we have good food. Listen, I would love to go back to my old stomping grounds. Yeah, right there in the downtown area of Westfield. Well, you got to go into the nook too, because the nook uh, is is not the same nook that you knew it. It's been renooked. It's been renooked, and it's actually they got they have like oysters and and roast beef sandwiches Get there. Out of here. Yeah, really? Yeah, like good roast Come beef. On. Not like that. Uh, it's like it's like good cooked roast beef. Not like that stuff you get from the deli where it's like uh, it's got rainbow fish scale color on it. I'll be damned! Look at that. 
I'm looking at the uh, pictures of the, the, the nook. Now, there's some oysters. There's a yeah. charcuterie board. Yeah. I like a good charcuterie. Yeah, very simple menu, but very good menu. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe I have to get myself out there. Sometimes even going to West Springfield is a pain. You know, West Springfield. You know, but yeah, it's because they just, I mean, I'll go to Springfield. But crossing that river, no, no, no. What, what is it about crossing the river? I think since I moved to Hamden. Yeah. There are some things now that just seem too far away to go to. Isn't that ridiculous? Well, I it's live, totally. I realize how ridiculous I, it is just listening to it pour out of my face. I live 45 minutes from here, and I enjoy all the things that Western Massachusetts has to offer on both sides of the river. See, but that's you. you you're, you've, made, you've made this into your lifestyle, a 45-minute drive into work. To me, if, uh, if I got to... If, if, it's a 12-minute ride to work. Yeah. It's six miles, okay? And it's all back roads, that's, and that's about as long of a commute as I can stand. It's you know, 12 minutes uh, in the middle of, the, the middle of uh, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Remember when they were talking here a couple of years ago that uh, we might move this building? Like, we might go somewhere else? Yeah. And right. I'd be like, oh, man, that would be, like, 20 minutes from my house. And then uh, you were like, no, that would be like 45 <laughs> minutes from mine. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 18 that years, would, pal. That would disrupt my entire yeah. life. Oh, no, that would like enhance mine. See, but I'm like, a- oh, strolling out the door at 5.01. I know. But here's the, th- here, here's the thing. I, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I'm less concerned about your problems. And yeah. far more concerned yeah. with my own. I'm less concerned about your problems and far more <laughs> concerned about my convenience. Well, see, now yeah. that we're still here in East Lombard, right. we're even Steven, Steven. I guess you're right yeah. about that. But it would be pretty sweet to have something uh, close to work. Yeah. Well, they, they thought for like all of 2.3 seconds about maybe moving this facility to Holyoke. Like that yeah. would be like a nice centralized location. Yeah. What I have to tell you, the idea of driving from Hamden to Holyoke every day is not an appealing one for me. Or even Northampton, if we moved up there. Right. Yeah. Of which there's less room, but uh yeah, that would not uh, that would not suffice and for me. Less room for who? Well, I mean the facility that we already have in Northampton for mm. our sister stations up there is already tight just for them. So I don't know where we would move to. We, we could shed a few uh, few souls up there. <laughs> they're about they're due. Not, they're about due for some disappointment. Eh, they're not that important. No, but uh, no, that but it's you know like you talk about a restaurant in Westfield. It sounds delicious. Yeah, two restaurants you talked about. We talk about the Nook and yeah. Santiago's, both places I'd love to go. You got to come out. I just rarely ever go that far out for dinner. Well, Ever. You, Uber will drive you home to <sighs> and from. It might cost you a good penny to get out to Westfield and then all the way back to Hamden, but you yeah. can do it. See, we're the, we're the kind of couple now. Mm-hmm. This is this is this, this shows you how much uh my uh, the influence of my age has crept up into our relationship. Uh I really feel now that when I go to a restaurant, yeah, I want to be there at 5. <laughs> I don't want to be there before the crowds. Yeah, if some if someone says, "Hey, let's go out to dinner. Uh, we'll make reservations for seven. I'm like, well, what am I gonna do until seven o'clock? I mean, I'll be, I'll be starving hey, to death. Jenny, Moon's over my hammies on special at Denny's for four o'clock. The half price. The early bird specials yeah. are sounding better and better. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many times we've been the first customer in a restaurant that opens up exactly at five. And a dish like Moon's over my hammy sounds a lot more appealing after a certain age, doesn't it? It really does. Moon's over my hammy. It sounds. 
If I didn't realize I had to, I would have to go to a Denny's to get it. I would say, "Ooh, that sounds awful good." Well, hey, uh, maybe we should maybe we should uh, meet for dinner one night. <laughs> All right, at four thirty. That sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, perfect. It's six twenty-two with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Six twenty-nine with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man died after crashing into a tree on Berkshire Avenue in Springfield early Saturday morning. According to spokesperson Ryan Walsh, at around 1.30 a.m., officers were called to the area of the 700 block of Berkshire Avenue for a single car crash into a tree. The driver was the only person in the car, and he was taken to Bay State Medical Center where he died due to his injuries. The accident is still under investigation. A police officer working a detail in Westfield was injured after his cruiser was struck by a pickup truck driven by an alleged drunk driver on Sunday night. Didn't I say that? Didn't I say that, uh, you know, it's just, the game's just about ended. It's uh, it's about 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. and somebody gets hit at a traffic detail because they were dr- because the, other, the driver was drunk. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, if there's road construction going on, Mm-hmm. And there's a cop out there, especially like in that stretch. It's pretty obvious what's going on. Like yeah. you might want to slow down or pull over or get through. If you're distracted or drunk or impaired yeah. in any way, that's what sometimes happens. That's the confusing part. Well, if I listen, you're standing in the middle of the road. Uh, if I hadn't been drinking uh, or if, if you interrupted my drunk driving home mm-hmm. by putting your hand up and telling me to stop. Yeah, except uh, that's, you're in the way. Yeah, but that's the cop's job, and your job is to I, not drive drunk. I'm being facetious. Oh, I thought you were being serious. Or is serious. it factious? I can't remember. I would understand one. either one, Steve. Uh, anyway, according to the Westfield Police, the accident happened around 8 p.m. on Sunday. The officer was in his cruiser working a detail at the time of the incident, which occurred at the intersection of Elm and Orange Streets. Westfield Police Captain Steve Dickinson said that the officer was taken to Bay State following the crash where he remained of as of, as of Monday morning. He is expected to be okay. The name of the injured uh, Westfield officer is not being released at this time. The driver of the pickup truck... 19-year-old Petro Mizurik was arrested a short time after the crash. He is facing a slew of charges, and according to court documents, Mizurik crashed head-on into the police cruiser and then drove away. Another officer was able to track the vehicle by following fluid leaks and saw it pull into a driveway on Morris Street. Oh, it's like uh, it's like the Roadrunner leaving the trail of, or the Coyote leaving the trail of birdseed. Yes, right. To pick up. We just follow your oil spill. Uh, you're making it very easy for you to be tracked. Mazurk and two passengers were detained during the investigation. Mazurk was arrested after allegedly admitting he was drunk and had two fake Massachusetts licenses along with his real license. Well, you got to use the other fake one in case the first fake one doesn't work. Well, which one do you want? Uh, you want my name to be Ted? Do you want my name to be Petro? Or do you want my name to be Bob? You pick. Come on. <laughs> It's like a little full house here. Well, it says here your name is Brenda. Uh, well, I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. I'm from Rhode Island. <laughs> uh, Northampton police found a missing man who had fallen down a 20-foot embankment. An 84-year-old man took the family dog for a walk around 6.30 last night. The dog returned home with a leash without the man. This sounds like a like an old uh, episode of Lassie. 
It does. Go get help, girl. And you know, hours later, all of a sudden, and it took hours for them to find the guy. Yeah, police say he has uh, mobility issues. Okay, this this is where this is where you got to watch your typos here. Police say he has mobility issues and required a cane for assistance. His wife called the police around nine thirty a.m. Well, wait a minute. He was missing at six thirty. She didn't call the police until nine thirty a.m. the next day. And this happened yesterday. Yes. Which means she called it in the future? Last, it happened last night. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, they were able to find him within minutes. He was taken to Cooley Dickinson Hospital for his injury. So it wasn't hours. It was just hours before she goes, well, maybe I should call the police. How uh, How's he doing? Does it say? It it doesn't say. Um, but, you know, the dog's showing up at the house. Hey, uh, Sparky, uh, where's your Where's daddy? <laughs> He's over in the ravine. Oh, good boy, Scoob. <laughs> good boy, Scoob. Um, dogs have excellent senses of direction. They really do. I mean, they, they actually have a better sense of direction than you think. Now, if I were a dog, I'd still be out there trying to find my house. Yeah. Because I have a terrible sense of direction. But uh-huh. hopefully this, uh, this, this uh, man is going to be okay. I don't think my dog would do that. I think my dog would just, uh, he'd go find something else to do. He'd be like, oh, he's in distress. Now's my chance to go destroy the trash again. <laughs> That's what he would do. That's, yeah, yeah right. He would yeah. do the whole trash. Because uh, your dog is fixated. Uh, a, regu- a gallon of regular gas averages $3.34 in Greater Springfield, AAA said yesterday following its weekly gas price survey. That's down from $3.40 a week ago and $3.74 a month ago. Yeah. I just paid uh, two ninety three the other day. Really? In Westfield. at the Near the Pike, which is weird. You'd think that the... That's why they always jack up the price. No kidding. That was the, it's the one right off the, right off the turnpike, the Sitco. $2.93. You know, um, I'm starting to really feel the savings uh, on the on the and at the pump right now, but uh, it's still way too high, considering you know we spent you know the last couple of years uh, really enjoying the price of gas a lot. Yeah, yeah, but two ninety, two ninety three. Wow, at the Sitco uh, on Route two hundred two in Westfield, the hmm. one at the top of the hill by the Pike. Not to get political here, because, yeah. you know, I don't like doing that, yeah. but isn't it interesting that the price is tumbling just before the November elections? Well, yeah. Why doesn't it always go down around this time of, of year? Of course it does. Yeah. And you know what's you know what's going to go right back up? Right. Just about the time you're starting to plan your uh, Christmas vacation. Yeah. You know what? Um, I think I told you last week I was going to Florida in January. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> what were they jacking you for? It's not about jacking. It's about the area uh, going into. There's a lot of Well, damage. not all of Florida's messed up. No, but the area that I want to go to uh, is, is I don't think, is even there anymore or is unrecognizable. Mm. I guess. I suppose you could, uh, you could always go somewhere else. It doesn't have to be Florida. Well, where am I going to go? You go to this part of Texas. You could go to Texas. It's nice and warm down I there. Go to Texas, there's all kinds of stuff to do in Texas. There ain't nothing but steers and uh, beers in Texas. 
I don't, I don't see any horns on you, boy. I don't see no lids on you. Yeah. A uh, federal judge has dismissed a class action lawsuit filed last year by employees of the Holyoke Soldiers Home over working conditions during the 2020 COVID-19 outbreak. That information is according to court documents that were obtained by Western Mass News. The judge dismissed the lawsuit filed by a veteran certified nursing assistant at the home and other employees who worked through the pandemic. The outbreak at the home resulted in the death of more than 80 veterans. That's the only thing they have about that story. That's it? That's it. They don't say what the lawsuit was about. You know, were they asking for more money? Were they... Did were they denied like hmm. a shift differential? Like yeah, you know, know. nobody. Uh, I, I don't get this whole. Well, they probably put out a story and not get any of the details of what it's about. Well, they probably, you know, listen. I don't know for this for sure, but you know, maybe they didn't have access to the actual complaint, other than to know that it that a, a suit was filed, but nobody over there has either received. Uh, a, a copy of the of the the legal complaint, or no one has even bothered reading it. So yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but it would be nice to get a little information about what's. Going I mean, on. You, you are doing a newscast after all. New tonight out of Holyoke, the lawsuit has been dismissed. What lawsuit? None ya. None ya what? None ya business. <laughs> a lawsuit involving yeah. people yeah. has been settled. Where'd you get that? Uh, where'd you get that quote? Uh, mind you. Mind your own business. That's where I got it from. <sighs> All of a sudden, uh, Western Mass News is the West Springfield Police Department about not giving out any details about anything. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to know everything. One it's Hol- better sometimes to know nothing. One Holyoke City Councilor plans to be back in his elected position today after he was removed from the council for facing child pornography charges. Councilor William Puelo Mota took legal action against the city. Manny Mota. Mota. Good player. Mota. Against the city after they announced he was removed from his elected position. A judge sided with him, and he will now be returning back to his seat at the city council meeting uh, tonight. William uh, Poelo Mota is uh, currently facing child pornography charges, among other things, in the state of Rhode Island. During a city council meeting at the beginning of September, city councilors noticed something strange, that Poelo Mota's name was not announced during a roll call without explanation. When I walked into City Hall that night, there were two uniformed Holyoke police officers standing outside of my chambers. My understanding, though, they didn't say directly. My understanding was that officers would not have allowed uh, Will, the Ward 2 counselor, to enter the building. Uh, that's according to City Councilor David Bartley. Assistant Holyoke Solicitor Kathleen Deegan responded to the counselor's questions at night and said that Puelo Moto was removed from his position because of Section 46 of the city charter. Western Mass News learned that Section 46 states that any office established under the city charter except the office of school superintendent shall become vacant if the person or position is no longer a resident or convicted of a crime. But he wasn't convicted of anything yet. You know, uh, I I have really no stomach for, uh, you know, people who are dealing with child pornography at all. But I also know that the way news sometimes is presented mm-hmm. it's very easy to rush to judgment on someone's guilt or innocence and we do it all the damn time we do. and we don't always know the full story or the circumstance or how the accusations were made against any individual for any kind of crime it's it's almost as if it's a, i'm i'm hesitant to make comments on some of these things because you simply do not know What's going on? 
And it's very unlikely that you're going to find out. Although, because he's an elected official, I would think that if you're in Holyoke, you might want to know a few details uh, since you have elected this guy to serve you. So I don't know. I, 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 I intensely dislike stories like this. Well, One, because I, I, I can't stomach the, the, the crime. But then two, it's like, well, what's the truth? You know, what, what are the actual details of this? Most people, I would think, in those situations would just resign. You know, hey, look, I got all this legal headache hanging over me. I'm going to be a distraction every time I go to one of these city council meetings. Maybe it would be in the best interest for everybody if I just resigned until this thing was at least resolved. Yeah, but the same arrogance and denial that allows you to say, oh, I can have this stuff and not get caught is the same arrogance and denial that says, oh, I, I was framed. That's yeah. You know, it's, I like, get it's that. like there's a there's a certain level of deniability that someone who is guilty of something just automatically imposes upon themselves. Uh, driving in the area of the Mass Pike in Westfield has been causing headaches and long traffic backups for many. But now we are learning that the mayor and state leaders are talking about possible solutions. People uh, that Western Mass News spoke with in Westfield told us that the tra- told them that the traffic is often a problem getting off exit 41 from the Mass Pike, and they would like to see changes made in the area. I've lived in Westfield my whole life, and I still try to find ways to get home, trying to get away from traffic through back roads, but it's on and it's off. It's it's crazy. It's bananas. I was one of the older residents of the. Uh, no, I can Westfield. see that. Uh, yeah, they took their concerns straight to the mayor. Uh, the mayor said that they have been uh, pushing to upgrade the Mass Turnpike interchange to alleviate traffic in both the city and on the highway where back- backups typically occur. You know what they did, though? They, they're they building like a, what's that, a hot table? Yeah. A hot table and a Starbucks right dead center in that, that U-turn where you get on the Mass Pike. From Route 202. They're doing it there? Yeah, it's right in the middle. Like, I don't even know how that's going to work. It's already a traffic nightmare. Why would you allow something like that there until you fix the other problem? You know, I always thought when they, when they, when they did that, you know, that whole, you know, that turnaround to get to the entrance, Mm -hmm. you always wondered, is that really, is that really helping? Is that really helping the flow of traffic? Because, you know, it's like traffic still has to stop to let those people through. Is it any different than just having a traffic light? Yes, because I think because you got two lanes there, one from 202, one would go into the horseshoe to push the traffic to the Mass Pike, yeah. and the other one would let traffic flow freely through 202 past the Mass Pike. I don't know if it's... There needs to be another exit. I don't know why, after all these years, that we just can't put in another exit somewhere. There's plenty of land. There's plenty of space. There's plenty of all this other stuff. <laughs> Any, everywhere else, there's Blandford would be a perfect opportunity to put an exit there. You'd also have uh, another one in Westfield. Right. You could put one uh, you know, closer to that state police barracks or something over there. But, you know, as much as we've talked about this, and we even talked about this when uh, when Palmer was talking about building a casino there, that the law prevents them from making you know flyovers and uh, uh, changes to the turnpike for private for business. private businesses. But if you're talking about a, a traffic issue that needs to be addressed, and, and you have to take land by eminent domain in order to build that, I mean, how the hell did they? B- I watched that whole documentary on the Mass Pike. They basically just said, "Hey, screw you. We're going right yeah. through here with some dynamite and some bulldozers." I, 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 Blanford seems to be like the perfect place to 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 put it. 
And there does need to be something between Westfield and Lee. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of... That's 30 miles. 30 miles. That's a long way. If you... I mean, how often do you screw up, uh, you know, directions or exits, you know, on the highway and you have to go to the next exit to turn around? Well, right. now you're talking about 30 miles out of your way. You know, uh, technically there is a Blanford exit. Yeah, I know that, but it's yeah. not a it's not an exit exit. It's and just a you know it's an it's an emergency it's an emergency uh, off ramp. Right, it? but it's but it's also it's also um, it's only fifty bucks if you get caught, and it's not a moving violation, <laughs> so it could be worth it to you. Yeah, it but it shouldn't be. It's uh, going to be rainy today with a high of fifty five. It's forty nine right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock one hundred two. Oh yeah, Rock one hundred two, Springfield's classic rock. It's six fifty one, and Jimi Hendrix with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Going to be uh, rainy with a high of fifty five today. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of sixty. It is forty nine right now in downtown Springfield. This Friday, I'm going to be out with the Rock one hundred two road crew from five thirty to seven thirty at the Mighty Oktoberfest of the Student Prince. Uh, it returns to uh, Fort Street this Friday and Saturday. Festivities kick off on Friday with the annual tapping of the keg. I'll be there for that. I'll also be there for, to announce a trailer trash on Friday night. I've also been asked by the guys in trailer trash if uh, I'd like to sit in and play uh, a song with oh, those guys. So that, oh, uh, that may yeah, knock on wood. That may happen. I'm a little out of practice. To be honest. Well, uh, if you hadn't put those drums away and... Uh, well, they're partially easy. set up. That's 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 just the thing. So you're going gonna to practice this week at least? I practiced yesterday yeah. just to kind of get... Because I know the song that they want me to do. And uh, and uh, it's not a song I'm ever drummed to before, but I will learn it and uh, be ready for it on Friday. Can you tell us what song it is? I'd really rather not because if I do, you're going to say, oh, I hate that song. Or, oh, I love that song. And you're not going to do it right. And I uh, wouldn't say that to you. <clears throat> what song is it? Apparently, they want me to do that song from Four Non Blondes. What's up? What's up? Oh, man, that song sucks. See, Why would I'm, you do that? See, that's what I thought, I'm talking about. Yeah. Actually, but that's, that's, not a, that's not a bad tune. I no, like that tune. it's nice and simple. Like I, t- I told uh, you know, Bob Stanek, listen, I'm a little bit out of practice. He said, well, you got all week. <laughs> so, like, okay, fair enough. So uh, that might be the, uh, the song I, uh, I sit in with them. For but uh, nevertheless, uh, you do whole- backup vocals too. What's going on? I am not. I'm not uh, doing. Not? Any, I'm not doing any backup. Why not? You nah, can do it. I probably. Oh, this is back- I'm sure I'd be wonderful, but I'm going to say uh, no to the backups. Well, w- but when she's doing that whole thing, and then the chorus comes in, take a deep breath and a step outside. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. not. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, you could you could be that backup. I'm going to be focused just on the drumming. That's that's all I'm going to do. Uh, you know, I'll focus on that. And, uh, and again. Uh, we'll see what happens, you know, a uh, little apprehensive about it, but, uh, you know, I've played with them before, so it's not the first time. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, again, Friday, five 30 to seven 30 is when I will technically be there. Of course, uh, you know, they'll go on a little bit later than that. And it's the muddy Oktoberfest of the student prints in Springfield from rock one Oh two Springfield's classic rock. Well, like a Jew getting all, uh, getting all mu- music up. Yeah, I'm, but I'm like I said, I have not really played since the pandemic, because you know for a while, you know my my wife was teaching from home, so there was no there was no time to do that. Then then it's, it's summertime, and then and then you know just I just got uh, busy with other things, and uh, you know just uh, just put them aside for a while, looked at them, and finally put them together and tried playing and I was like uh, ooh I was a little rusty maybe a lot rusty maybe like it sounded like I've never played them before at all so like you're playing a rusty trombone 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so we will see. Knock on wood. I'll be ready to play four non blondes with trailer trash on Friday. Hey, uh, Mars Inc. has introduced a new purple character to its lineup of M&Ms, but not a new purple color of the popular chocolate candy. Aptly named Purple, the new female character is coming aboard to help the company represent acceptance and inclusivity. You know, I have always felt that uh, M&Ms in particular have not really reflected society. Yeah, the, uh, whether it be uh, gender issues, uh, racial issues, you know, whatever they may be, this is clearly one of the most oppressive candy confections uh, in our entire uh, our entire arsenal. You know, I was just shoving M and M's into my mouth the other day, thinking, you know what, uh, you know, what would be good a non-binary M M&M. and M. Yes, I agree, because I feel there's too much gender, uh, too much. Uh, one gender of M&M's that I'm eating. Listen, in the commercials, it's those two guy M&M's, but that doesn't reflect the way society is. You know, we're a much more diverse uh, population than that. Maybe our delicious candy treat should be more reflective of that. Uh, Purple's foray into the music world is all for the nonprofit Sing for Hope because uh, you know, it's going to be singing during these commercials, right? which harness the power of the arts to bring hope, connection, and purpose to millions of people around the world through music. Yes. Absolutely right, because, you know, uh, diabetes and tooth decay are the, <laughs> the the exact medical conditions that bring us all together as as a population. I remember being at Disney World one time, and uh, the kids were all excited because you could get, like, they had these bulk things at M&M's. It was like an M&M store. It was nothing but M&M's. Yeah. And they, they had, uh, you could get, like, they it was all separated by color. So you could get all brown, all yellow, all red, or whatever. So my, my kids wanted, oh, we want all red M&Ms. And uh, then I filled the bag. I paid $32 for a quarter pound of M&Ms. $32? Yeah, well, it felt like a quarter pound, uh, but it was it was some kind of crazy amount. Damn. Like, like $40 a pound for these M&Ms. Well, that's, that's the price of diversity. Is it, though? Well, apparently it is. Yeah, I didn't... F- I feel like I was oppressed during that time when I bought that bag. Of I think the moment they say that'll be thirty dollars, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's yeah, that's another like, form of oppression. Yeah, what the hell's going on here? It's uh, just about six fifty-seven with Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two, New England. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you, folks? Here's a pretty smart idea. According to the Miami Dolphins, they have decided, hey, you know what? Perhaps quarterback Tua Tagovailoa should sit out a week and let that mashed-up coconut of his get a chance to heal. Yesterday, the Dolphins correctly decided that. Rather than risk destroying the young man's life with even more irreversible brain damage, perhaps Tua should sit out this weekend's exciting divisional Week 5 matchup against the New York Jets. Granted, it is the Jets, but ultimately, Tua's brain is more important than getting extra stats. Uh, You may recall that last Thursday, Tua was taken off the field after sustaining a concussion against the Cincinnati Bengals. This comes just days after he was taken off the field against the Buffalo Bills, a game where... Despite collapsing after he stood up for that last hit, he was allowed to come back in the second half. 
Right now, the Dolphins, after more than a week of being vilified for allowing the kid to play, are now saying there's no timetable for Tua's return. Really? You think so? The kid is only 24 years old. He's got a whole lifetime ahead of him, and most of which will likely come after his football career is over. And yet, just a few days ago, they were willing to put him into a football game despite the risks of getting hurt once again. Even Bill Belichick said yesterday that he's removed players with concussion symptoms even when doctors have cleared them to play. Why? Because that's the humane thing to do. And that's coming from Bill Belichick. Listen, the question shouldn't be when Tua Tagovailoa is coming back. The question should be, why would he want to? Sure, no talented player under the age of 25 wants to admit they're risking their entire lives by playing this game, but traumatic brain injuries are absolutely nothing to screw around with because once you have a few of them, you are immediately susceptible for more. Football is important, but it ain't all that important, and for the sake of Tua's entire future, perhaps it's time to reconsider his options because it ain't going to get any better, at least anytime soon. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Ever notice the, the tree crews out there? You know, the guys 30 feet up in the air with a chainsaw? Well, they don't use those little Tonka toy chainsaws. They got steel chainsaws. The orange and white chainsaws preferred by professionals. Get a steel chainsaw for yourself at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7-Eleven with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be rainy today with a high of 55. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 61. It is 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I just have to point out this headline that's on uh, 22 News right now. Yeah. There must have been a, a fire up in the town of Orange last night. It says, firefighters work to put out Orange Fire. Aren't they all orange? Uh, depending on what is burning, sometimes it can be different colors. But yeah, yeah primarily it's much, orange. Yeah, yeah. It's got that orangey uh, hue to it. Sure. Yeah, Western Mass News is the same story, and they're like, uh, firefighters uh, put out put out fire in orange. You're that would make sense. Yeah, yes. you're distincting the two. But an orange fire has been put out. Well, that's good for them. I don't know if they ever... Well, what are the options would be? Doing but, your job now. There you putting go. out the orange fires instead of the yellow ones. So I just did a story about uh, Miami Dolphins quarterback uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I'm gonna, but I will never get that name right uh, as long as I shall live. Anyway, uh, the story has been. I don't know if you you follow this story at all. It's a quarterback for for the Miami Dolphins. Last Thursday, he gets laid out uh, against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, mm-hmm. and uh, this is now that comes just days after the previous Sunday, where he was laid out by the Buffalo Bills. And he was taken out of the game against the Bills and then allowed to return. He was taken out of the game to undergo the uh, concussion protocol of the NFL. Doctors allegedly told him it was uh, an injured back, that he landed on his back. Mm-hmm. But if uh, if you watch the game, when he stood up from after getting you know plowed over, uh, he actually collapsed, which suggested that's not a back injury. That's a brain injury. Yeah, that's that's, mo- a, that's, that's a concussion. That's your motor skills being effed with. Yeah, that's that's uh, suggesting to me that ain't something right with that brain. Right. And then he plays against the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's knocked out and taken off the field. A lot of people saying, you know, should he have been playing? You know, did the team, uh, you know, mistreat this situation? Did they act inappropriately? The doctor that evaluated him in that first game against uh, Buffalo has since been fired. 
uh, because he should not have been allowed to play, but yet he wind up playing in the second game. That said, you know, when I look at a story like this, I keep asking myself, as a parent, and I, you know, granted, I got I got daughters, and and they're at the age now where you know they're not getting into too many sports, and at you know eighteen to twenty three years old. But if I were the parent of sons that wanted to play football mm-hmm. or any sport that has the potential for impact, hockey, uh, wrestling, uh, any number of different right. sports, how comfortable do I feel? knowing that a concussion could happen at any time and not just a concussion but once someone receives a traumatic brain injury like a concussion they're more susceptible for further concussions so they're putting themselves in a situation where they could not only get hurt they could get hurt a hell of a lot more over a period of time well, and i worry about that i want you in that position would I want my kid to play that sport? And I, there's a part of me that says no. I, I, I wouldn't. Mean, the kid really wants to play the sport. I'm not going to say no. I mean, all the I, I was in football. I was I was I wrestled. I did all that stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, there ain't nothing wrong with my cognitive abilities for anything. No, look at you. You're you're as sharp as a tack. Well, that was mostly the drugs. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, seriously, though, I mean, like my position on it is if it's something the kid wants to do, the kid wants to do. They have all these, you know, these uh, pads and all the the stuff that we used was right. You know, but, you know, no amount of pads, no helmet has ever been created that prevents these kinds of injuries. But what are the chances of your child getting seriously hurt? Well, see, here's the thing. When it comes to like kids in sports, we're not necessarily entirely sure how much impact causes irreparable damage. We're, we're not really sure. We don't know enough about it, and there's lots of there's lots of studies out there. There's a lot of different uh, you know, research trying to mm-hmm. understand how little do you need in order to set yourself up for prolonged brain damage. Now, I, I don't want to go into details, but I mean two situations. When I was a kid, I was hit in the face with a baseball. Mm-hmm. I think I told that story before. Yeah. Playing first base uh, right before the game. Shortstop who had a cannon of an arm, throws the ball, hits the top of my glove, lands right in the nose. And I went down like a bag of wet slop. Hard. And I remember having like intense headaches, not just because my nose was broken. Right. But there's no way I could have had that kind of impact and not have had some sort of concussion. Uh, thankfully, my uh, my athletic career ended not too soon after that. Right. <laughs> never received further concussions, but I don't I don't know what kind of damage I may have sustained uh, from that. On top of that, y- you know, I also have members of my family who have been through this kind of thing before, mm-hmm. who have been very athletic, had uh, you know, traumatic brain injuries, and it it created a lifetime of heartache for not only for them but for their families and. Uh, and and their loved ones, and it was it was horrible to watch. Now, having said that, we've also had interviews with people who are experts in this field, and they all kind of say the same thing: we don't really know a whole hell of a lot about the brain and how it's damaged or how it regenerates. 
many people say it doesn't really regenerate. Once you damage brain tissue, it doesn't come back. You may right. be able to rewire your brain. You may be able to relearn things, but a damaged brain stays damaged. Yeah, it's not like uh, not like your lungs, where if you stop smoking, they regenerate themselves, or your liver, when you stop drinking, it regenerates itself. Your brain doesn't have that ability to do that. Right. But, again, I mean... What 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 are we, what are we arguing here? Are we, uh, well, we talking argue, about the, the what, you know, is, should we let our kids play sports like this, or is it just anybody in general well, play sports like this? I, I, you know, to me, I think yeah, it, you and I are both fathers. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, I, I like sports as much as anybody else. I love watching football as much as anybody else. But there's a certain part of me that says, "Boy, I'm glad that's not my kid out there," because. And yes, you're right. If a kid really wants to play, it's hard to say no to them. But, you know, when a 12-year-old says, I want to play football, or, you know, 13-year-old says, I want to play football in high school, is that kid really mature enough to make that decision? Does he understand the ramifications of what happens if? Now, you're right. He may never get injured. But there's a very good possibility that if you're playing football and you're playing impact, head hits the ground. Your head hits a guy. Helmet to helmet contact. You know, these are the kinds of things that happen all the time, but we don't take into account how much of these kids really get hurt. And is it definable? Can you really know whether a kid is hurt or not? And is it worth it? I'm going to say yes, it is worth it. Because what about all the other things that you allow your children to do, whether it be drive a vehicle? Uh, you know, I mean, that that's probably that's one of the things I'm fearing is mm -hmm. like giving my child keys to a vehicle to to drive around like yeah and and there's all kinds of risks that go along with that too and it's not just the fault of the child or the the driver it could be another driver that could be at fault sure i mean you're, you're risking all kinds of things when you i don't think taking away an opportunity for a kid to to, to want to thrive at something is the solution to preventing these concussion things. I, I just I, I don't see it happening as often as people make it out to be. How how bad is the situation with these concussions? Is it like an epidemic kind of level? Or is well, it we, just, we, we don't know. That's that's the thing. We simply don't know. Now I'll be honest, there's a part of me that also says that algebra and British literature are just as damaging to the human brain oh, as anything absolutely. else. Yeah. But, you know, in a situation like like sports, you know, sometimes the the long term ramifications of these kinds of injuries don't you know, don't manifest themselves until later in life. So if a kid has like four or five injuries playing high school football, yeah, you know, four or five, you know, you know, concussions. Only half of which go reported, uh, if any of them go reported. Uh, look, if my kid wound up getting a concussion, uh, I would be like, okay, that, that then now it's time to, to, to hang up the, the cleats here. You know, because now you do have that increased risk of, of getting right. injured again. But, I mean, I can't stop somebody from you're, – you're taking that away from somebody that wants to do something physical. If I had a son and they wanted to play football uh, – I'd say okay, yeah. but you know, once you get injured, if you get injured or whatever, we're done. We're not. We're not doing this anymore. Let's uh, see. What we got here. Rock one. Oh, geez, someone just was impatient. Ah, right, here we go. Uh, Rock one hundred two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi. My name's Sam. Hey. How you doing? You're on the air right now. 
I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thanks. So, you guys were talking about um, the whole circumstance with Tua and the brain injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's actually a movie out that Will Smith is in. I think it's called Concussion. Yes. And it it talks about CTE, and it's it's a really good movie, but it really shows the damage that happens to these players' brains. Yeah, I mean, it it's it's frightening, and it's not just football. I mean, I, I talked about somebody in, in my family who... Who suffered uh, you know, immensely as a result of CTEs, and you know it was—it's totally devastating. Now, would he have taken, you know, his uh, his athletic career uh, back? Probably not. But you know, how many right. times? How many times did he get hurt, and did that have the long-term ramifications later on in life? Right. Exactly. It's scary stuff. It really did. Yeah, it, it deteriorates uh, their, you know. Their uh, their it, life in the long term because it affects them so hard. It 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 not only takes it takes away you know cognition and intelligence and mood disorders. I mean it, all the things that our brains have a certain level of equilibrium gets completely disrupted if certain parts of the brain are damaged irreparably. And Correct. It, and you it have to ruins their quality of life. It, it destroys it, and that's and that's and that's why you wonder. Okay, long term, you know, how quick do I pull my kid out of this if they get hurt? Correct. Yeah. Hey, appreciate the call. Thank you yeah, very much. It's uh, seven twenty-three. Oh, look, hey, look what? at us taking stances on an issue. I know. Imagine uh, that. All right. So you're uh, you're you're uh, against the CTE. I'm uh, for the CTE, and uh, <laughs> we're taking calls. Right. It was your best CTE story. What is that? 723 on Rock 102. It's 726 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. We do have, uh, it looks like we, ah, uh, no, they hung up. Yeah. That's we, did right. a, we did have a call during the break uh, from, a, from a high school coach mm-hmm. in, uh, in Connecticut who says that the way that they train kids now is a whole different type of you know, tackling you know, where the, the head is not involved and uh, you, know, you, you do the best you can to hope these kinds of accidents and injuries don't happen. Mm-hmm. But even he admitted that you know, on, the, on the game field, you're in no control over whether a kid you know, uses his training or just you know, accidentally moves one way or another and all of a sudden they're helmet to helmet. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. And so you wonder, you know, do those injuries uh, happen and what do they do? Oh, we do have other calls. We do. Uh, Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Dave. No, it's uh, it's Bax and Nagel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what can we do for you? Um, in this situation between Bax and Nagel, I would say that Bax would be the a-hole. Ah, <laughs> I'm glad we're doing that. I'm glad we're doing that this morning. <laughs> tell, tell, what's on your mind? Tell me uh, what's, uh, what you're thinking. I don't know. I just think, like uh, Steve says, that uh, you should at least give the kid a chance, and if he does get hurt, then say that's it. But well, I mean, I I, I totally understand it, but I think you know you have to really be uh, extra vigilant and take a, ki- uh, a kid off the field or away for a couple weeks if they sustain these kinds of injuries. You can't you can't do what they just did with uh, with Tua and Miami have him playing again 4 days later that um, that makes absolutely no sense to me and 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 kids see that and think well, well he if he can do it I can do it yeah i hear that you know, see what i'm saying so am i the yeah. a-hole yes yes you are you're always the <laughs> all right i'll i'll take yeah. it then hey thanks for the call we appreciate it <laughs> okay bye you bet
It's uh, 728 with Bax and Nangle on Rockwood 02. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Today. It's 7.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Bank ESB, a local bank. They've got convenient tools, smart banking technology, and personalized financial support to set you on the right path. Unlock your potential at bankesb.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Police are looking to identify the owner of a motorcycle that was involved in a car accident over the weekend. East Longwood Police say the owner of the 2004 Harley-Davidson was involved in a motor vehicle crash at the intersection of Maple Shade and Elm Streets on Saturday around 3 p.m. The owner possibly lives in the area of Dearborn Street in East Longmeadow. If you have any information on the owner of the motorcycle, you're asked to contact the East Longmeadow Police. Well, then, if you know where he lives, then why wouldn't you go to his house? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean you're not that far. <laughs> Dearborn Street's pretty close to that intersection. This is like, uh, you know, it's like uh, 22 News. Again, calling in New Haven to go to a story in Enfield. This is like the East Longmeadow Police uh, going, yeah, state police and people will figure it out. <laughs> when you get the information, yeah. you let us know. We got to go all the way to Dearborn Street? Ooh, ooh, man, I don't ooh. know. That's a, lo- that's a long distance. That's ooh, maybe three quarters of a mile. With all that construction going on. Well, there, it's, it's, well, it's, it's pretty much further done, down. Man. but Yeah, that was a big pain in the ass, by the way. The construction going on on Maple Shade. Was it Maple Shade? What's the one? What's the one where the high school is on? Maple. That's Maple. Yes. Not Maple Shade. This is Maple Shade. Oh, I see. I get confused. Well, this is. I mean, sorry. This is Westwood. Yeah. Yeah. See, now right. you're screwing me up. Yeah. Right. <sighs> you don't know. I don't. It, yeah. Yeah. This. This is. Uh, this is Westwood. I'm gonna throw you some Maple Shade. Ooh, there you go. That. I see. Yeah. What you, I see what you're trying to do. Uh, a man died after crashing into a tree on Berkshire Avenue in Springfield early Saturday morning. According to Springfield Police Spokesman Ryan Walsh, at around 1.30 a.m., officers were called to the area of the 700 block of Berkshire Avenue for a single car crash into a tree. The driver was the only person in the car, and he was taken to Bay State Medical Center where he died due to his injuries. The cause is still under investigation. A police officer working a detail in Westfield was injured after his cruiser was struck by a pickup truck driven by an alleged drunk driver on Sunday night. According to the Westfield police, the accident happened around 8 p.m. and the officer was in his cruiser working a detail at the time of the incident, which occurred at the intersection of Elm and Orange Streets. Westfield Police Captain Steve Dickinson said the officer was taken to Bay State Medical Center following the crash where he remained as of Monday morning. He is expected to survive. The name of the injured Westfield officer is not being released at this time. The driver of the pickup truck, however, is 19-year-old Petro Misurik, who was arrested uh, a short time after the crash. He's facing uh, a slew of charges. According to court documents, Misurik crashed head-on into the police cruiser and drove away. That's a that's your first mistake. Yeah, that's a, crashing <clears throat> into the police cruiser and then driving away. Another uh, officer was able to track the vehicle by following fluid leaks and saw it pull into a driveway on Morris Street. Mazurik and two passengers were detained during the investigation. Mazurik was arrested after allegedly admitting he was drunk and had two fake Massachusetts licenses along with his real license. Now that's illegal to have additional licenses that are not you, right? Well, I'm figuring a 19-year-old probably was going to a bar somewhere and uh, used fake IDs in order to get that alcohol. Steve, a fake ID is illegal. Well, yeah, but doesn't stop them from doing it. Well, I mean, uh, thank God the officer was in his cruiser. Think how bad, yeah. how bad this would have been had he been out of the cruiser. I mean, you're, you're talking about a totally different accident, but nevertheless, 
this dude and his many different identifications um, is in big trouble. We, uh, well, not we, but uh, my brother and his wife caught uh, his stepdaughter with a fake ID. She was oh, really? Nineteen, and the things that, she must have dropped it out of her purse or something. And uh, oh boy, you know they picked it up and they're like, "You don't look like uh, Brittany from Rhode Island." <laughs> you know? But it was like a it was a it was a very authentic looking identification card. I oh mean, yeah, it had her picture on it. But you know, with computers now, you can pretty much somebody with the right computer equipment can duplicate those things. It might not be the exact, you know, um, you know, watermark or anything like like that on it that you would get from the RMV, but uh, to the average uh, to the average bouncer, they yeah. you know, a lot of times they can tell the difference, but many times they can't. Yeah. Well, they have those scanning machines. They scan the barcode. On Some the places do. Not every place does. Right. But you know, I mean, <sighs> bars are now you're there. The amount of liability against them to make sure that someone isn't underage, you know, it's a very different situation than, you know, back when I was a kid, you yeah. know, when, when I was, you know, sneaking into bars with a fake ID. I mean, uh, yeah, I could, I could walk in there with a, with a, with an ID that looked nothing like me and oftentimes did, but they, you know, there were no watermarks on licenses back then. There was, right. there was no way to, to, all they cared about was that you had an ID. It didn't matter what the ID said. Right. I mean, I got into bars using a uh, an ID of a guy who was six foot two, blonde hair, blue eyes. Everything I'm not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also his weight said 175 pounds. Oh, All yeah. the things that I have never been a day in my life. I remember uh, buying beer with a, the New York state licenses come out in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. And they, it was like, the, oh, this is uh, foolproof. Nobody's going to be able to, to mess with this. And we all quickly figured out that if you just use a colored pencil, you could scrape out the letter mm-hmm. and it would make you uh, 21 or, or however old you needed to be. Right. So mine was a 78. And it was so it was 19. I don't know, whatever it was, it, you scratched it out so it made it look like a three instead of an eight. Oh, yeah. So I was born in 1973, so I was already older. Uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was 26. See, when we were uh, young, we kind of had a setup. Yeah. There was a, a friend of mine who uh, was only like five foot six, a very short fella, right? And uh, he had the ability to buy beer at this one liquor store. The reason he was able to buy beer at this one liquor store, grossly underage, mm-hmm. is that the daughter of the liquor store owner mm. had a crush on this uh, see, guy. See, that helps. He five six, you know, had a little fake uh, like uh, high school style mustache, a Vogue stash. Yeah, not even yeah. a good, not even a good one. But nevertheless, uh, she would sell him beer, mm-hmm. and uh, because she had this huge crush on him. And then one day, uh, Dad finds out. Oh. Oh, man. Guess who stopped working at the liquor store? The daughter. That's right. That is right. So did your friend uh, go date her just to appease uh, the fact that uh, all the times that she let him buy beer at that store, uh, I would be taking her on dinners and uh, romantic getaways for the weekend? Here's the, the wildly insensitive part about it. Uh, he was not attracted to her in the least, but took advantage of 
of the situation by buying beer and oh. flirting with her, you know, pretty hard with no intention of, uh, of uh, you know, turning that situation into a, a realistic relationship. Oh, so he got what he deserved. Oh, yeah. he totally used her yeah. uh, for the for the beer. Which you know, I mean, there's an argument for that. I mean, you could you could say, uh, well, that makes a little bit of sense. But yet, you know, emotions were put on the uh, on the line there, and boy, did she get in trouble. Emotions were put on the line. Yeah, that's over, what I'm talking over about. Beer. Yes. Speaking of which, uh, I, this just reminded me of this. You know those sting operations when they do. You know when they. Uh, we went into this place and uh, they serve beer to our underage agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this business is getting fined now. What if uh, I always wanted to be approached by like a couple, like a bunch of kids outside of a liquor store, like, "Hey, man, can you go buy his beer?" So I would take their money yeah. and then go in and buy root beer and put it in a brown bag, keep the rest of their money because obviously root beer is going to be a lot cheaper than a thirty pack, right? And then just tell them to run with it. Go, go, get out of here! <laughs> and then they go, and I'm uh, twenty bucks richer in my yeah. pocket. What do you What do you think? Is that illegal? Would that um, be an illegal thing to do? No, it's not illegal. You you bought them a, uh, a delicious what, soft drink. I bought them what they asked for. They said beer. Right. In specific, uh, what kind of beer? I bought them root beer. Not And not your father's root beer. The, yeah, the root but like, beer, like a... Like, like an A&W or a Shegram's <laughs> or something. Oh, boy. Yeah. But the next time they see you at that liquor store, they are going to be angry at uh, you. I would never go back there again. True. But nevertheless... Uh, boomers and Gen Zers have been at odds ever since the OK Boomer thing went viral in 2019. Now here's another shot across, shot across the bow or bow. The bow. The bow. The bow. What does that mean? Over the bow of the boat? Yes, it, it's a it's a nautical a, reference. Why are we doing that? We're, I don't know. We're not. We don't do. We're not nautic. We're not sea captains. N- no, we're not. Uh, we're why not are we seamen. using? Huh? Why are we using terms like that? Because it makes us seem like we're better writers if we're using those kinds of metaphors. I didn't even know what he was talking about. You had to ask me whether it was a bow or a bow. Right. That's why that's the very I'm saying. Same. I didn't know. why. We, so, you know. Uh, anyway, what uh, what happened here? Oh, yeah. An influencer named Sebastian Durfee posted a video last Friday about something called the Porcelain Challenge. It's a very stupid thing that involves kids crushing up their parents' fine china into a powder and snorting it like drugs. But the thing is... No one's actually doing that. He thought it would be funny if Gen Z started talking about it on TikTok just to see if they could get boomers to believe it and flip out. It's not clear how many people have actually fallen for the prank, but it's been trending this week, and other people have piled on by claiming they have done it. With things like this, there's always a real possibility that a few kids might actually do it and hurt themselves, but luckily, we haven't heard of that happening yet. You know, if uh, if I were stupid... And uh, decided to take my mother's fine china, say like it's a, like it's a, I don't know, uh, like a high-priced Lennox Brookdale forty-piece estate, uh, estate set, and took one of those uh, fine pieces and ground them into a powder at four hundred dollars per place setting. She would kill me until I was dead, and I will have deserved it. Mm-hmm. Those are expensive plates. You know, um, nobody's collecting that stuff anymore. Like, oh, I know. Like the, 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 that whole idea, the family heirloom thing, is non-existent. Like people aren't collecting the fine china or the things that were in the hutch anymore. Nobody cares. So that's why china isn't worth as much as people think it is. Well, what, I, to me, there's very little point to it. 
Because who uses their china? Nobody. You only use it like me once a year. It's more. That. It's more of a display thing. Please. You put a plate holder inside your hutch. Who's got a hutch anymore? How many people are putting yadros on their uh, bridal registry anymore? What is that? Those little statuettes. Yeah. That they uh, that they have used to be the kind of junk you'd put in a curio cabinet. You yeah. know what a curio cabinet is? It's a place for your junk, because it's just junk. Like uh, Yadros and Precious Moments and any yeah. of those other little, little stupid trinkets that people buy. You know what we had at my mother's house that was uh, thankfully taken away by a junk man? What? Avon Steins. The beer steins. Mm-hmm. Remember the old beer steins from Avon? Oh, I get it. We had, the, we had this crazy collection of these things that nobody ever used because they were just for the mantle. And then we even had some that were still in the box. And it's like... Oh, you can get a lot of money for those. I need to look them up online. They're worth like six bucks each. It's like I don't have time to sit here and ship all these things to people. Mm-hmm. So it went to it went to a Goodwill. And someone's and someone probably bought it off a of Goodwill. You know what else we donated? What? Those McDonald's glasses with the lead inside of them. Those are the best ones. They're not worth anything because yeah, they have lead, lead. in them. <laughs> like oh, these things oh, they, these things were uh, were banned. But it's uh, got they, grimace on. They got to be worth something. Again, a whole set of them is worth twelve bucks on eBay. <laughs> you know why? Because they have lead in them. That's the problem. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, rainy with a high of uh, fifty-four. Tomorrow, more rain with a high of almost sixty. It's forty-nine right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock One Hundred Two. Oh yeah, months and city. Rock One Hundred Two Springfield's classic rock. It's seven fifty and Tom Petty. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rain in a high of 55 today. Rain in a high of 61 tomorrow. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Just a few days left of the Dave Miner Mayflower Marathon match. You go to rock102.com and click on the banner to donate. Uh, Dave Miner from Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements is uh, matching all monetary donations made to the Mayflower Marathon up to $5,000. Very generous of him to do. I've got a brand new location for the Mayflower Marathon at MGM Springfield. And we're looking to make this year our best year yet. So go to rock102.com, click on the banner to donate for Dave Miner's Mayflower Marathon match, which ends on October 7th. That's this Friday from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Hey, Bax. Yes, Steve? It's benchmark time. All right, hit me with it. Now hear this with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. I feel like there uh, maybe should be some clips or something to go along with that. We don't need no clips. You sure? Very overrated. We don't need clips, except uh, except for this feature. Now uh, hear this. Uh, here's some good news. Uh, a pilot on a Southwest flight from San Jose, California to Hawaii, uh, giving a, a special shout-out to a passenger who is celebrating her victory over breast cancer. I would like to add a special welcome to a special guest in today's flight. We have a passenger who's headed to Hawaii with us today to celebrate her victory over late-stage breast cancer. Well, that's nice way well, to violate that medical privacy. Well, hey, yeah, I'm sure she wanted uh, somebody to say something about it. It sounds like somebody else set it up, though. Uh, yeah, like they're like their co their co passenger. And listen, I'm I'm fully happy that somebody would be surviving. Uh, cancer, sure, uh, but I'm on a plane. I, I don't. 
It's not. It's not slowing down the flight. Though. Uh, it's not slowing down the flight, but it's like uh, you're making me do something now. You're, you're like because you're obligated now to clap and hoot and holler for this person that you don't even know. Well, I mean, and I'm happy for them. Yes, uh, that they that they're cancer free. But uh, why do I need to participate? Is applause really that inconvenient for you, Steve? It was, like a, like a it moment was, of humanity and, and happiness. You uh, just say, all right, you know what? That's that's nice listen, for was, you. If it's somebody I know, you know, like you. Like, let's say, oh, hey, Steve, I'm cancer-free. Yeah, that's awesome. F can. That's bad. That's bad things. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, the random stranger. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it, That's more like a, hey, good for you. That's good. But it, does it require everybody to clap on an airplane for? No, I, you know, listen. If you want to be a cold, heartless bastard, you just go right ahead. I'm not being a cold, heartless. Oh, bastard. I think you are. I, this woman has gone through quite an ordeal. Yes, and now she's getting free applauses on an airplane. All right, but she's not getting extra pillows or uh, or or pretzels along the flight. How do you know that? Maybe the guy's coming around going, "Hey, hey you know what? Uh, cancer survivor, extra bag of pretzels for you." Ooh. Ooh. I'm a cancer survivor too. <laughs> Listen, I wait a minute. Everybody on this plane, raise your hand if you're a cancer survivor, and everybody raises their hand because they want more pretzels. I don't have any more pretzels for you people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah. The captain said he's going to land this plane. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go back and restock right. the pretzels. Uh, the new Blues Clues movie. Did you know they're doing a movie about this? I did know this. Coming to Paramount Plus soon, and it features all three hosts. Can you name all three hosts? Steve, Joe, and that other guy. Josh. Josh. Josh was the third one. I only knew Steve. I knew Steve, and I remember when they replaced him with his cousin Joe. Well, anyway, here's here's the clip of of the... You see my handy dandy notebook? Just forgot his handy dandy notebook! If they're lost, we must go to New York City! We have to help find them! I know a guy. Ooh. You? It's. Is that you? It's Steve! The Steve! Oh, Josh always says you can do anything you want to do. You can do anything that you All right. want so to do. So they kicked him off the show because he was balding, right? Yeah. How do they bring him back for a movie then? Hair care club for men doesn't take that much to put a, think, like some so. some hair grafting there, maybe a lug, a, a, a rug, a, like a looming. Do you think if he got on a Southwest flight, everybody would congratulate him for growing his hair back? Let me tell you something. That kid was fantastic in that role. He, he was. When he, he was, played he, Steve. He, he was fantastic. He was the best host easily. But now he's uh, he's not the host anymore. So the show's never going to be the same. It never was the same after he left. Mm-hmm. Joe was likable, but there was no replacing. Well, Steve. I don't even know who this Josh guy is. No idea. At, by that point, my kids were off the show. But I was there during that Steve to Joe transition. And I tell you, tell you what, I thought that kid Steve was fantastic. Uh, an Indiana woman is accused of taking around $2,000 from a self-serve corn stand over the span of several weeks. The stand works on the honor system, and people are supposed to leave cash inside the, a money box uh, within this, you know... Uh, yeah, the honor system. Canopy or whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, here's a... Well, here's that kid. I love corn. Mmm, corn. 
I hope you have a contastic day. It's cone. It's awesome. That's the clip. We don't have the actual uh, the, the the sound of the lady stealing the corn off. No, the table. but it's always good to play that corn kid. Uh, but again, uh, you're stealing two thousand dollars worth of corn. That's got to be a hell of a lot of corn. Well, I was gonna say uh, it can't be that much. You know, even even at a at a really fancy farm stand, you can probably get ten ears for uh, under ten bucks. It's also late in the season. You're not going to get great corn right now. Well, I don't uh, Indiana. I don't know how the corn is out in Indiana. It's the same kind of climate. So I mean, yeah, there's there's corn, but it's mostly uh, it's feed corn at this point. Yeah, it's cow corn. That's it. That's where they put it up near the roads. So That's right. People steal it off the side of the road. They're just getting the cow corn. You got to go deep into the middle of the farm to get to the good stuff. Yeah, that's usually how that works. It is. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're wasting all your time stealing all that corn. I do like that corn kid, though. Huh? The oh, corn that, kid. Oh, that corn kid. Yeah, kid loves his corn. Well, uh, he's, he's right. Corn he, on the cob is awesome. Oh, he's representing his state. Yes, he is, which the, the, is the state of loving corn. Which one is that? Nebraska? I don't know. It was one of those. It was one. Of, it was at a state fair. I think yeah. that he was eating all the corn. Anyway, hey, that's uh, that's your benchmark. Uh, now hear this on the Bax and Nagel show. It's uh, seven fifty-seven at Rock one hundred two. Rock one hundred two, Springfield's classic rock. It's eight ten, and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. It's uh, going to be rainy today with a high of fifty-five. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of sixty-one. It's forty-nine right now in downtown Springfield. Um, you know. Uh, I like to look at uh, Reddit all the time. Right, it's a big life suck. <laughs> you want know, you want to kill uh, hours and hours of your time? Just go uh, perusing around on Reddit. And I found this one uh, <clears throat> unpopular opinion. Okay, it's where people make these uh, these claims and then uh, see if people uh, want to agree or disagree with them. All right, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. The opening on men's underwear is entirely useless. I kind of agree with that. I uh, I find it to be very, very uncomfortable to use. I like the way this person describes I'd rather, it. I'd rather jump the fence. That's exactly what this person says. All men's underwear must be made by women because any man that's ever used the opening even once quickly realized how much easier it is to just throw the snake over the fence. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So much simpler. I mean, that's not, that's not a... I don't really think that's an unpopular opinion. I think that's actually a popular opinion. See that that's what I that's what I'm trying to distinct between some of these that they're putting up there. They're yeah. really I, I kind of agree with that. But why is the opening on the, in the on the underwear? I don't know. I think it's uh you know, I think maybe uh, you know, once upon a time it was easy to get to, but if you've ever really had to go like yeah. really really bad, oh, you just pull that down right over the top. You, you don't have time to go fishing for that stuff. You just you just it's like, oh, to hell with it. Just I mean, I'm not going to go you know, reach in there try to pull it through. You know, I'm I'm not snaking a drain for crying out loud. I'm just I just got to relieve myself. See, I like to wear the underwear backwards so the holes on the backside. Oh yeah, yeah. That eliminates a lot of issues. <laughs> uh, it should be illegal to ask someone for a donation to something during checkout at a grocery store or restaurant. I never do that. I I'm, never do that either. But I agree that you should. Th- th- that shouldn't even be allowed. The whole, hey, you want to round up your change and donate it to whatever? Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I'm not offended by that. I just never do it. I'm, I mean, I'm not indignant about it and feel like it's, you know, encroaching upon uh, my business. I'm just annoyed by it because, you know, when you're telling everybody you got a change shortage, well, who's like, 
how do I know you're actually donating that money to what you're saying you're doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, is there still a chain shortage or are we kind of past that? Uh, I don't know. That's And that one seems ridiculous, too. Is everybody hoarding all the change that was out there? Whenever I'm given loose change, I always put that in the tip jar. Yeah. You know, I mean... I mean, I'll, yeah, it, I mean, obviously, that's not uh, you know fifteen percent of anything I buy, but you know, I'll put a, like a couple bucks in the loose change. Speaking of which, the tip thing. How do you feel about the tip when you have to do it right in front of the person? You know, like they're, they're looking at the uh, coffee shops do it all the time. Yeah, they, they have the the little little uh, device, the little Apple, uh, you know, iPad thing that they're doing the trans. That's their register. Yeah. And then you give them your card, and then they flip the screen around going, oh, complete your transaction. And then it's like 10%, 15%, 20%, or other. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really a- against it, but because, you know, I'm a fat tipper. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't I, mind I, tipping either. I, I, I always, uh, you know, having been a server in a restaurant years mm-hmm. ago. It sucks. I mean, it's not it's not something you can live off of unless you're really, really good at it, maybe. Right. But uh, I was never really good at any of that. But I would uh, – I, I appreciate the service that I get, and I understand – like, I'm always understanding, like, you're taking this job because you don't really want to, but you have to because you need the extra money. Right. So I don't have a problem giving you a tip to do that. If I have a bad experience at a restaurant, I don't blame the, the help. Unless it's you know, clearly their fault, I just don't go back to the restaurant. Yeah, see, that's it. That's right. all. I, but but I'm just I'll talking. Still, about, I'll still give a tip. That, I'm just talking about that embarrassment of uh, having to be in one of those places where they're giving you the opportunity to put your own tip in in front of them. Right. Yeah. You know, at least a waitress brings over a check. You have time to hide that and do that yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't I don't mind doing it. Yeah. It's it's because. Because it's usually all mapped out for you. You got a couple of choices. You know, it's like 15, 18, 20%. I'll get the 20, and that'll be the end of it. Uh, They're going to get their money from me anyway. Yeah, that's right, damn it. But this whole idea of asking you to donate to a charity. Yeah. Eh, I'm not I'm not buying that. I just don't do it. I don't do that like I don't donate that $1 to the presidential campaign fund when I'm filling out my taxes. You got to be out of your mind. I'm never giving you that dollar. But that's not your dollar. That doesn't reduce your. They're just asking you if you yeah. if it's okay with you if. And the answer is no. Right, it's not okay but, with me. But you. But that's not your money though. I say no too. I've already given enough money to the government that I don't need to give them one more dollar. But you're not giving them anything. They're just asking you. Hey, do you want some of this money to go to this? To, to your tax money to go to the presidential election right. fund? And I still say no. I get, I get that, but I, but you're thinking that it's that they're taking the money for you, or uh, it's a shakedown, Steve. Giving you an extra dollar for not doing it. Listen, they're 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 ripping money out of my wallet every single day. Here's another one. Nicholas Cage is a better actor than John Wayne. All right, now I disagree. <sighs> Overrated garbage. I would that, rather watch the entire catalog of Nicholas Cage over John Wayne any day of the week. John Wayne <laughs> has zero depth, zero character. 
Tom Green has more depth than that monotone talent. Oh, for come on now. Overhyped wannabe cowboy. I would rather listen to Larry King on repeat than watch a John Wayne movie. Listen, to me, it's it's a, it's hard to compare when you consider that John Wayne was in a different era of acting and a different era of film. So uh, compared between the two, I'm going to say uh, John Wayne is a much more important actor than Nicolas Cage. Much more, but it's not about importance. It's about better. Yeah, I and and, uh, and I'm going to go with John Wayne. I don't know. I'm going on the Nick Cage uh, bandwagon. All right, we can agree to disagree, yeah. but I don't know about that. Well, we need to take roles, backs. We need to take opinions. <laughs> we need to would, take stances. Would it be better though if they were there, like if they were honest opinions and 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 like honest roles rather than uh, like a like a contrivance, perhaps? I like contrivances. That's my thing. Oh, good. I live for contrivance. Good to know now. You know why? Because I don't even know what that word well, means. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, look it up. I don't. If I only had something here to look up a word. Well, you got I, the internet there. Look yeah, up contrivance. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking up unpopular opinions right now. Older people gatekeeping how badly their body hurts pisses me off. Uh, this applies to all situations where someone older tries to one-up you. Specifically, I've encountered a lot of people who downplay my back pain because I'm young, usually with a comment about my age and say, wait until you're, insert age here. Most of us don't know I was a paratrooper for six years and had 35 static line jumps with the 82nd Airborne Division. I've rucked countless miles and served a tour in Iraq. I have multiple brain, ankle, and back injuries during my service. Age doesn't make you more in pain, more intelligent, better at your job, or general greater, or in general greater than someone younger. In fact, if you feel you need to one-up others in these scenarios, you probably haven't grown up at all. Okay. I, li- I like the, uh, the, the feeling behind these these. <laughs> Okay, well, all right. So there's some uh, there's some hostility there, but uh, you know, I gotta be honest. I'm in. I feel uh, little flashes of pain every single day. But you don't sit there and complain about it all the time. No, because I know you don't. Nobody cares about my problems. It's not that I don't care about your problems. I, I'm sympathetic to somebody who's going through pain. But there's a lot of people out there that experience pain due to their own doing, yeah. too. I mean, you see me walking around here sometimes. Like, if I'm going to the bathroom, I'm walking like a 90-year-old man. Well, yeah, that's how you... That's why they make those doorways wider at the Denny's so you can enjoy that Moons Over My Hammy special. <laughs> oh, that's why they do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I don't know how I feel about that. I really don't. I don't know. I, uh, I'm cool. Pain. It, uh, oh, I, I, I don't, if, I'm in, if I'm in pain, I try not to shove it into everybody's face. Unless I think that there's, I'll get a little bit of sympathy and maybe something out of it. Well, if you're looking for an extra bag of peanuts on an airplane, I'd be, be like, oh, yeah, I'm in pain, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm not feeling so hot. <laughs> it's not me. I need extra food. Yeah, these knee, knees are bone on bone, and the only thing that'll <laughs> thing that'll resolve it will be extra, extra salty pretzels, please. Eggs with runny yolks are gross. I'm not a big fan of the runny yolk. See, I like it, because how else are you supposed to uh, soak up all that delicious yolk with your bread on the side, your toast? I, I don't mind the yolk. It's, I, I don't like like the, the runny whites. I, 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 that's t- that, to me, is like, you know, like eating a booger. I, it's like, eh, you know, no. I had a, uh, when you cook uh, scrambled eggs, I had this uh, little uh, 
playful argument the other day. <clears throat> okay. When you cook and scrambled eggs. Yeah. Do you cook them so they're all completely dry, or do you leave them a little wet on the outside? Um, I leave them a little wet, but I because they kind of dry. They kind of continue to cook after they're off the pan. Mm-hmm. So I don't like uh, you know, eggs that are wet and sloppy. I don't I, like I, them dried out though either. Yeah, like they're overcooked. I don't like them overcooked either, but I also don't like them when they're like soup. Because uh, it was, exp- I said, I said, well, what's the difference if you if you have like runny eggs? If you cook over easy eggs, what's the difference of you just leaving a little moist on the top of the scrambled egg? That's a good question, Steve. I don't have an answer for you. And the and the answer was because it's all mixed together, the yolk and the true and, and the white because they're beaten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that somehow that's more gross than the regular runny egg that comes off the plate. <laughs> I mean, years ago, I used to order my eggs over hard because I kind of liked, I kind of liked them that way. Yeah, over hard, over hard. I don't, I don't need to dip my toast in yolk. Yeah, see, I like it a little runny. I like when, uh, like, a breakfast sandwich has a little bit of run to it. And you got to eat it with like a paper towel. No, or no, I don't like a sandwich that's going to be messy. I don't want anything dripping on my face. Well, there you go. That's a new segment we just had called uh, Unpopular Opinions. And uh, here's one we didn't get to. Katy Perry is way better than Taylor Swift. Oh, we're going to miss that one. I don't even feel qualified to respond. 293-1021 if you have an opinion. Nah, it's all right. We're all out of time. It's 822 on Rock 102. GG Inks. Screen printing. Uh, Just about 826 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 55. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 61. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. If you missed any uh, part of today's show, check out the daily podcast. It'll be available just after the show uh, today, after 10 o'clock. Uh, you'll find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Rock 102. In fact, anywhere where you'll find podcasts, you will find the Bax and Nagel Daily Podcast. Also, check out my interview on Baxi's musical podcast this week with Angelo Moore, from uh, from Fishbone and the brand new step. Great interview, and you can check that out again on rock102.com. Sweet. Yes. Uh, what do we have? We got the big smoke uh, tomorrow? Big smoke tomorrow. We got uh, the Muddy Oktoberfest on Friday. Yeah. I'll be joining the uh, the big smoke a little bit later. I got to do a quick uh, uh, celebrity bartending thing for the Springfield police. They're doing it at the Elks Club tomorrow. Uh, on Tiffany in, Street. Oh, in Tiffany? Good. Yeah. So uh, shortly after that, then I'll be at the Big Smoke. I'll, I'll be, be there early. Smoking all the big cigars. I'll be there early, uh, you know, welcoming everybody to a, a beautiful night at the log cabin. I'll be saying goodbye to everybody as they walk out the door. <laughs> I'm the uh, I'm the exit. I'm like the guy at Walmart. Yeah. I'm like, oh, bye. Thank, can thanks I for check, coming. Can I check your receipt to make sure you didn't steal those cigars? I like the Big Smoke. That's a nice, uh, real nice event. Right. Well, I mean, you can't go wrong with the log cabin. The log cabin uh, knows how to put on an event. The food is good. The cigars yeah. are always great. Yeah. yeah. It's a good event. Uh, we have news, and it's coming up next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Today we remain cloudy. 829 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Uh, you know, I'm just... Um, just reading the headline on 22 News here. Yeah. Can Massachusetts expect snow in October? Oh, Jesus. We are officially in the month of October, and with that comes changes in our weather. The storm team is working for you with a look at what we can usually expect in Western Mass for the month of October. 
The average high is 63 degrees, while the average low is 42 degrees. October can be wet with an average of 3.6 inches of rain, but it can also be white with an average of 0.2 inches of snow. And that <clears throat> is the end of that article. <laughs> We're not expecting any snow anytime soon, right? Why would you put that there and not have anything else to go along with that? Like, it makes it sound like you're some sort of farmer's almanac and you got some inside info on uh, on how the snow is going to blanket the region. Why would you stop? I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe there's more to the article and they just didn't post it. Like, they only you know, cut and pasted half of it. But I would think that if this is a that if you've spent any time in New England yeah. during the course of your lifetime, you're quite aware that snow can happen in October. I mean, that should not be a surprise to anybody. Snow can happen pretty much in any month in New England. <laughs> I had read something about like I think it was like 1936 or something like that. There was snow in June. Really? Like uh, at the end of June, almost July, there was like a there was like a snowstorm. And then, and then in, uh, in August of another year, back in like the twenties or thirties, there was like uh, there was ice and stuff in August. So it could happen. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I remember like uh, remember Tom Bavacqua. Yes, Tom Bavacqua. You know, once said uh, that uh, you know once you get past the middle of the May, uh, middle of May, you're kind of out of the woods. Like you don't have to worry about it. And even if you get snow in June, it's it's not like it's gonna be like a nor'easter blasting through. Yeah. You're not going to get several inches. You're just going to get like a, a, a light dusting. Speaking of Tom Bavacqua, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, this popped up in my Facebook memories yesterday from years ago when I was in a Halloween store. Yeah. And I found this tacky toupee. Doesn't that look exactly like Tom Bavacqua? <sighs> Tom's hair was more realistic than that. I know, but doesn't that look like his face? A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. And he didn't he also wear a tacky toupee? Um, I, I believe that was a hair replacement <laughs> system. Whatever you want to call it, it was not real, and it kind of looks like that guy. You know that Bavacqua, when he, when he was young, was a male model? Was he really? Oh, yeah. He was a damn good-looking man back in his youth. Like weather models? Yeah, right. I mean, he'd be there, you know, like, you know, you know, pointing at the clouds and stuff like that and, you know, and, and like underpants and stuff like that. Ooh, that's where the real dew point is. Let me tell you something. In the underpants. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a good looking man back <laughs> in the day. Northampton police found a missing man who had fallen down a 20 foot embankment. embankment. An 84 year old man took the family dog for a walk around 630 last night. The dog returned home with a leash without the man. Uh-oh. Where's Daddy? Where did he go? Yeah, where where'd Dad go, Scoob? Yeah. My dog would be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, where's that trash? <laughs> police say the man has mobility issues and required a cane for assistance. His wife called the police around nine thirty p.m. They were able to find him within minutes. He was taken to Cooley Dickinson Hospital for his injuries. So at least he was found. Uh, but he was out there for couple hours yeah I mean, they found him you know within minutes after going to search for him three but. hours and it was pretty cold out there especially for an elderly person that's uh that's probably no uh picnic i hope he's all right 
A loud party featuring live bands performing in a neighborhood off Belchertown Road in Amherst prompted police to issue $2,400 in tickets related to violations of the town's noise and nuisance house uh, bylaws Friday evening. Officers were initially dispatched to the dead-end Edge Hill Place at 9.41 p.m. for an accident in which a car hit a parked vehicle near the street's cul-de-sac, causing minor damage and no personal injuries. That parked vehicle was one of, uh, was one of many lining the road left by guests attending the party. About 40 minutes later, police cleared out the large gathering, though as people departed, many of whom appeared to be underage, beer cans were discarded on the road. Mm. Four 20-year-old women were all issued through two $300 tickets each for violating both Amherst Noise and Nuisance House bylaws. The women are from Grafton, Middleton, North Reading, and Laguna Beach, California. Oh, hey. You know, I'm always surprised that when when I was in college, we didn't get tagged for more noise or uh, violations, too. We we threw like one party where yeah. the cops you know busted it up and, and said you know you gotta you gotta tone it down. But like any other night, we'd be up until like four or five o'clock in the morning making all kinds of noises. And uh, and the one party we threw, where we had like you know a hundred people or more in in the house, uh, the cops showed up and told us to uh, to pipe down. Of course, five blocks away, yeah. they they wouldn't arrest Jeffrey Dahmer even though he's with a fourteen year old kid with a hole drilled through his head. But you know, at least the cops were. Willing to shut down a college party because that's when real problems begin. Well, that's uh, that's like the easy way to do things. You know what? Uh, there might be uh, people getting molested and killed over here and eaten alive. Yeah, that's five blocks away. That's yeah. a much worse neighborhood. Yeah. Did you see this kid with a paps in his hand? <laughs> <laughs> I finally finished watching the uh, the the the, uh, the Dahmer series last night. Yeah. It's just you know, there's so many levels of dis- of of, uh, of where this story gets disturbing, and it ain't just all on Dahmer. Because the uh, the police officers and the and the neighbors and and everybody else, you know, there's just there's such communication issues between everybody. I mean, there were complaints about the smell of Jeffrey Dahmer's apartments for months, and they did nothing what? about it. Even I, went into his apartment, and they 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 bought this ridiculous story. Oh, you got rotten meat in the kitchen, really? And then try to explain this half naked. Uh, you, you know, Laotian kid that you got uh, sitting outside. Who's well, my boyfriend? Well, that's uh, that's what I was thinking in the beginning of that because I watched like 15 minutes of it and I yeah. haven't watched any more of it because uh, I don't know. I just yeah. I know what he did, but um, like he's walking past the landlady and the landlady is like, uh, you know, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I uh, put that uh, meat, I threw that meat away last week, uh, but I got some other. I'll, I'll clean it out this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's like, how long is this smell going on for that uh, somebody didn't go, I wonder if he's got a body buried in there. You know, uh, if you've ever smelled a you know a rotting body or a rotting carcass, mm-hmm. even, even if it's a, an animal, yeah, there's no... Uh, there's no getting around that smell. That's a yeah. I it's know. a it's a pervasive, awful, uh, putrid smell. Yeah, you, you just, I mean, you got. I feel so horrible not only for the, you you not only for the families uh, uh, of the victims, but also the people living in that apartment building. It, you know, complained over and over again, and nothing was ever done, until finally something, uh, until a guy escapes. Yeah. Yeah, that was the mo- that was the moment when this all came collapsing around him. Crazy story. Crazy. 
At uh, 12.21 a.m. on Saturday, officers were called to a downtown bar over complaints about an older man touching college-aged women, where he was escorted out by bouncers. The man, who was intoxicated and on the ground outside when police got there, also allegedly aggressively pulled one woman by her hair. The victim told police she wasn't uh, yet sure about pressing charges. Another incident occurred at 7.04 p.m. Saturday when a motorist passing a fraternity party on North Pleasant Street said her windshield was shattered by a lacrosse ball thrown by a guest. Game on! (laughs) Car! Car! Police spoke to the members of the fraternity who said they had been playing basketball in the driveway. Nobody knows where the lacrosse ball came from? Nope. (laughs) Just sitting out here doing keg stands and uh, playing basketball. We're studying, officer. College students. What's that lacrosse stick doing over there? Oh, I don't know. Somebody left that here. We use that to clean our fish tank. You, you just got to be able to lie to the police. That's all. It worked for us. A uh, Florence woman who uh, accused her physical therapist of inappropriately touching her, leading to Edward Kostick's conviction on indecent assault charges last month, is suing Kostick and his former employer, Cooley Dickinson Hospital. The victim is seeking $225,000 for assault and battery, negligence, and infliction of emotional distress. She alleges Kostick's behavior during the three treatment sessions in January 2021 was lewd, and he invasively touched uh, private areas of her body. According to the lawsuit filed in Hampshire Superior Court, the victim sought treatment for neck and back injuries at Cooley Dickinson Rehabilitation Services after a car accident. She alleged that Kostek touched her buttocks and bare breasts and put his hand in her pants to touch her thighs and groin with no chaperone present. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a sign your, uh, your rehab guy is probably not on the up and up. Yeah, if he's touching things that he shouldn't be touching, sure. Uh, as a matter of policy, the Daily Hampshire Gazette does not identify victims or alleged victims of sexual assault, but the plaintiff did not return for any other physical therapy appointments due to the invasive, bizarre treatment she received. In the first three sessions, the complaint reads, plaintiff uh, was in fear for her safety due to Kostek's behavior and treatment of her. Plaintiff uh, suffered and continues to suffer from anxiety due to this experience. That has to be one of those traumatic things that, you now have to deal with because uh, somebody assaulted you while you went for a medical procedure. Oh, absolutely. It's a it's total like, violation. It, it, it's a total violation, and it's like, yeah, you deserve that money. And money ain't going to make it make it all better, but it'll help. I mean, and, and, you know, the fact of the matter is if they're going through, you know, physical rehab for whatever reason— I mean, their resistance is down. They're obviously in pain. They're trying to recover from something. You know, in in most cases, I mean, you're going in there with a great deal of trust that you're going to be treated in a professional and non-predatory manner. Yeah, yeah. It's it would be very traumatic. Uh, it's October, which means that the local Halloween haunt attractions are open for business. We actually uh, have some tickets to give away uh, coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, the uh, McCray's Mon- Monster Mash. Uh, so what's your favorite place? The site hauntpay.com recently asked more than 2,000 haunt industry professionals. Really? A haunt industry well, professional? Some, some people uh, focus. What we can expect for this year, and for starters, it uh, shouldn't be hard to find a corn maze. I went to one of those once. A corn maze? Out in Southampton. Mm. It was okay. Eh, but it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to get lost in a cornfield. I was reading about something. It was like the largest corn maze in America, and it's enormous. Even the even the biggest ones around here, puny. 
compared to this one. It's like a full two miles of corn maze. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. Hell no. I I guess it's nice for a fall autumn walk, you know, but uh, I don't like being not uh, knowing how to get out. I want to. I mean, I know you can walk right through the corn (laughs) if you have to. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. But I mean, listen. You're walking in a corn maze. It's a two-mile-long corn maze. There's not a single toilet anywhere near uh, where you need to be. you got to go. you got to get out of there fast. Well, they usually have porta-potties at the entrance. Yeah, but you got to get to the entrance. 70% or the of, exit, depending on which way you're you're looking. 17% of haunt attractions offer corn mazes. 16% have some sort of indoor walkthrough, like the haunted house. 15% have an outdoor walkthrough, and 14% offer a haunted hayride. Then there's escape games and zombie paintball. I like that idea. That's kind of fun. Zombie paintball? That sounds like fun. Are they coming out at you with the with the paintball and you have a gun too? You got to shoot the zombies? That sounds like neat. fun. When asked about admission fees, 40% said to expect something in the 21 to $30 range. <laughs> That's a lot of money. No kidding. I ain't got that kind of cash. 28% will say it'll cost more, usually between $31 and $40, and 32% say it costs less than the $11 to $20 range. I guess it depends on what part of the country you're from. If you live out in the Midwest where there's hardly anybody out there, they probably charge cheaper for a hayride than they would around here. Probably. I don't really remember going on any of them uh, when I was living out of the Midwest. Uh, so I can't really say for sure. I've been uh, I've been on a few, I mean the one at McCray's is pretty good you know it's got the you know, the spooks and the and the goo, goo the goblins goo goblins and ghouls and all that other good stuff and mm-hmm. then they got the chainsaws and mm-hmm. like they're gonna hack you up while you're on that hayride yeah that's fun stuff and then uh, I've been to the Six Flags one that was uh, not really recommended for like a eight and nine year old this <laughs> the kids are scared. Uh, they were at the time. I, they were they were younger than that. I think they were maybe seven and eight. And we all decided, yeah, yeah, maybe we should go through this haunted house with uh, two kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as, as they're screaming a bloody murder at the children walking mm. through the thing, it might be a little traumatic for them. Yeah. Well, and you don't want the, that kind of trauma to follow them for years to come. I always wanted to go to that haunted F, that, uh, was it FX, uh, haunted FX? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to do that. They doing that this year? Yeah, they should be doing it. I think they're year. doing it. Yeah. I haven't heard. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with a high of 55. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 61. It is 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Nobody gives money. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 849 in Joan Jett. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 55. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 60. It is 51 right now in downtown Springfield. What? Uh, uh, nothing. I was, we were going to give away some uh, tickets here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, if you got something on your mind, uh, let it out. I, I have lots of things on my mind, Bax. I just uh, don't know if uh, this is the time to, to, to talk about them. <laughs> this is good. It's as good a time as any, Steve. Uh, Fat Bear Week is back. Uh, what are we referring to? The, the uh, Fat Bear? Uh, yeah, it's not the guy you met up at Swallow Hollow the other night. I, I don't even know who, what you're talking the about. The annual competition hosted by Alaska's Katmai National Park has announced this year's contenders has kicked off the event meant to celebrate the brown bears as they pack on the pounds before winter hibernation. Oh, ah. it's like the it's like the Mardi Gras for bears. <laughs> 
<laughs> Show me your teats. Give me those beads. Yeah, I was going to say, see a bunch yeah. of bears with beads all around their necks. Yeah. Oh, look at that fine mama bear over there. It's <laughs> packing on some weight. Yeah. It's it's bad bitch bad bear bitch o'clock. <laughs> it's thick 30. The competition works by using a bracket format that pairs the bears against each other, giving online voters the opportunity to choose the Fat Bear Week 2022 winner over the course of several rounds. Is there like a like a bear calendar at the end of the year or what do they like do? A bear spread? Yeah, right. Yeah. Bitch, better have my honey. <laughs> Fat Bear Week is a celebration of success and survival, the National Park wrote on its website. It's a way to celebrate the resilience, adaptability, and strength of the Katmai Brown Bear. Online voting will be open uh, from today until the 11th from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Alaskan time. You know, I've, uh, I, I had never, ever seen, like, live bears, like, in, in the wild. Yeah. Until we started uh, camping up in Vermont. Uh-huh. And uh you know, we I told you we have these these friends of ours that uh, that feed the animals. Yeah. Like the raccoons show up every night, so do the foxes, so does the bear, and uh I've seen bears now twice. And every single time from a distance. They're so freaking cute that you just want to go up and give one of these bears a big yeah, fat hug. Yeah, no, but you can't. Yeah, cuz cuz what you realize is as adorable as they are. Even like the little bear cubs, we saw like yeah, like I told you, it was like a there was a bear underneath an apple tree, and there were these two little cubs up in the apple tree yeah. throwing apples down for the for the mama bear down below. Oh, it yeah. was adorable. We pulled over, you know, pulled the car over, and watched this miracle of nature happen right before our very eyes. And I thought, you know what, I want to go up there, right up to those bears. I want to give one of them things a little bit of a hug. Because it's so damn cute, but then I but then I was reminded that these are uh, these are wild animals that could rip your flesh right off your skin. Yeah, well, you right off right off your bones without yeah, even without well, even blinking an eye. Well, I mean, you bother any animal, they're gonna come after you. True, you, you know, and black bears are are pretty much they're kind of scared of humans. Like they don't want to interact with you. They don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, and that's why most of them will run away if you like bang a trash can or make some loud yeah. noise and they'll but be like, you, oh, I don't want to deal with this. But when you go after their yeah. cubs, yeah, even even the ones that are cute and uh, adorable, like you yeah. just want to pinch their little bare cheeks, uh, you know, that's when they get real bent out of shape. So while they may be afraid of you, they'll uh, they'll rip right. your entrails right out and start stomping on them. And I'm not saying they're not dangerous. Like you wouldn't want to, like you said, you, if you start messing with one, oh, yeah. then they'll, they'll come after you. But like a grizzly bear, a grizzly bear don't give an F. Grizzly bear will come right after your ass and go, I want some of that sweet meat. Exactly. Like a polar bear, you don't want to mess with a polar bear. Polar bears will kill you. Like uh, Jeffrey Dom Bear. Right. He's coming after you. Yes, yes. He wants to eat your flesh. He will. <clears throat> and he also wants to offer you a Pepsi ribbon back in his apartment. And he will ignore the stench for weeks. What's that smell? Oh, it's just rotting <laughs> raccoon back there. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, the uh, yeah. the Monster Mash Scream Park at McCray's Farm in South Hadley is going to be open every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday throughout the month of October. And in fact, uh, you can get all the details at fearinthefarm.com. We happen to have a pair of tickets to the Monster Mash Scream Park for you to the 10th caller right now at 293-1021. Good luck. It's just about 8.55 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Fall is here. 